Hello, and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today I'm joined by Uni and Andreas as we dive into the astrology and tarot for April of 2020. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Hey, hey, you two. So great to have you both back again. So good to be back. Hi, Carrie. Nice to see you again. Yay, I'm so excited for us to jump into the astrology and tarot for April. But before we do that, be great to cover a few quick announcements. First up is that Affirmation Destination, our mindfulness community, is launching its first 30-day affirmation challenge of the decade. Yay! Yay! It kicks off on April 1st, and this year it's going to be multilingual. Thank you both for your contributions to that. I'm so excited to have it available in Spanish. Mm. Yep. And thank you so much, Josh, for helping us with the French. Yes. And thank you to Maria for helping us with the German and Nana for helping us with Japanese. This is going to be super fucking awesome. It's exciting. (laughs) It's expanding. And, you know, to be able to bring messages of so much love and purity on different platforms, on different languages, I think... Is just the way to go this year, starting it off right in Aries season. This is going to be a good start to a lot of positive bridges to be made. Absolutely. An international community. That's what we're trying to build here. And also having to do with Affirmation Destination, our annual Gold Digger gathering that was going to be on Saturday, April 4th, has been postponed due to the COVID-19 outbreak. We are prioritizing the health and safety of our community at this time. So we'll let you guys know when we have a new date for that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully later on in the year when it's meant to be, it'll come through. And definitely in the meantime, please continue to follow the Affirmations Destination page so that you can stay just in the loop and be given the content that will help you to continue to move forward with a lot of optimism in your life. Definitely doing a lot with that. So thank you, Carrie, for providing such beautiful content for people during these times to remain faithful in their hearts. We need positivity now more than ever, for Mm. sure. That's so true. But not all is lost. We do still have an event coming up in April, and that is on Friday, April 24th. The two of you are going to be hosting another tarot workshop here in Portland, Oregon. It's going to be awesome. We had our first one just this past month, and this is a very collaborative opportunity to get to know us one-on-one while at the same time getting to learn the basics of the major arcana and the minor arcana. And it's just a very fun collaborative workshop. Definitely. Also very informative. Great opportunity for anyone within the Portland area to come by, spend some time with us, get a little bit of an understanding on the tarot and have it be very accessible to you as well. Even if you have never dived into the tarot, that's what the workshop is for. We're here to provide the support and the knowledge and information for you to dive into that with your own deck. So share it out to your network. Also, A big thank you to Satnam Studios here in Portland, who continues to hold all these beautiful events for different practitioners and different workshops have happened. It's been great collaborating with you. And we also created a new Instagram account. Uni and I decided to take a new adventure on what it is that we have been doing here on this podcast with Carrie that we are so grateful for. We've been able to develop a sense of collaborative unity with the work and the mediums that we do and use, such as astrology and tarot. So if you want to stay more informed with some of the things that we do here in Portland and even possibly schedule yourself a reading for those that are not in Portland, we would be more than happy and grateful to connect with you. That page is Aquarian Age, and that's on Instagram. Aquarian is spelled with E-O-N at the end, and that's A-Q-U-A-R-E-O-N Age at Instagram. And I'm grateful that Carrie here will be connecting you to that with some links um, at the end of the podcast and on her page. So stay in tune. Yes. And if you guys want to get to know more about Uni and Andreas and you haven't already listened to it, the episode that dropped right before this episode is a Q&A episode where I had the opportunity to interview both of them and ask them some hard-hitting questions that are really soul-centered and also just some super funny, lighthearted questions. It is honestly such a blast. That episode is hilarious (laughs) and I had so much fun recording it with you guys. It really is. It's like you're sitting in the living room with us on a casual Friday. It was such a fun episode and so many funny punts, of course. So you can't miss that. (laughs) Always, always. 
And then last but certainly not least of our announcements for the month of April, just a big shout out to our girl Kayla. Happy 30th birthday on the 18th. We are so grateful to know you and love you, and we cannot wait to celebrate with you. Woo! Thank you for all the laughs and all the funny times, Kayla. We love you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, clippity-claw. All right. So that's all that we've got for announcements. And to kick us off, Uni, I would love if you'd introduce the cards that you pulled for the month of April and share a little bit more about them. For sure. So this month, I actually didn't pull any major Arcana cards, but I think it's still just as potent and just as relevant. The first card that I had pulled out was the Ace of Wands. The Ace of Wands being that masculine energy, the fire element, has very much this feeling of initiation. It's dynamic, it's expressive, it has forward movement. The imagery of the card itself, it has the hand of God reaching out with a wand. The wand is even sprouting out all these little leaves and it's raining down over this landscape of beautiful pastures and mountains and you can see a castle in the background. That castle really represents our hopes and dreams and the landscape. Having those peaks and valleys really represents our ability to triumph in life and how to get through the obstacles that are in our path. And this card really, it speaks volumes. It speaks to us about us paving a new way forward of new initiation, creative energy, the enthusiasm that comes from having these brilliant moments of channeling where you feel compelled to do something new, to take the initiative and ignite that fire within. And what a beautiful card to go ahead and kind of associate to this Aries energy. There's so many associations there that connect you to Aries, such as the fire element, that masculine energy that allows you to initiate, to spark, to feel inspired through the newness. You also said something about sprouting of greenery or some sort of nature coming out of this magic wand. And it's in alignment with this new spring season that's coming about. Here we are experiencing this new 12-month astrological year that we are being given the chance to step into these archetypes with such a higher octave perspective. And this is just that great initiation to start off this new astrological year with. And it also goes hand in hand with this month's focus for Affirmation Destination, which is inspired action. Mm -hmm. The Ace of Wands really is the spark that lights the fire. Yeah. Totally. And hand in hand, there's a big old hand on this card. <laughs> for real. <laughs> hand in stick, actually, for it to be as accurate as possible. Hand in wand. Okay, yeah, we identified in the last episode in the Q&A that it's not a stick. But I always want to say it's a stick. Well, It's a magical stick. Just exactly. stick with us, y'all. <laughs> and uh, for the second card that I had drawn, I had drawn the Two of Pentacles. And the Two of Pentacles, it has the imagery of... A man juggling these two pentacles in his hands while in the background you see two boats that are bobbing up and down on the waves. And this card really speaks to our ability to keep things in motion, to be in harmony with ourselves while still allowing the flow of life to continue in its normal ebb and flow. And this is really a card of being adaptable and having flexibility in the situations that you're being presented so that two of pentacles is interesting. It kind of reminds me of that conversation that we had not that long ago about the Yukio flow, which I would love for you to touch base on because I think that's so beautiful. But also it's like this wonderful feminine energy as well because pentacles is associated to earth. And that's also going to tie in so much into what we're doing for this month's episode with a lot of this Taurus energy as well. So another great card to just kind of align with everything that is already written in the stars. Oh, definitely. And being a feminine energy and representative of Earth, it has a very passive and receptive type of flow to it. And really, when you look at this card, it does really indicate that flow and being receptive to it and basically being able to hold your own within that because it requires a certain amount of flexibility and adaptivity in order to be able to hold those pentacles in that perpetual motion without really stumbling off of your own feet. 
what I love about that imagery too is that as this individual is there holding these two pentacles and juggling it in between its hands, it's like the juggle is creating this sense of balance. And also within these two circles of pentacles, you can see this air of energy that is circling around them to creating what is that infinity symbol. And so where that midpoint is, that zero point, targets right at the heart where this this individual is juggling these two pentacles, kind of distinguishing what the energy of twos can represent. It can represent duality or they can represent unity. And that ultimate decision is within the medium that is channeling that energy, such as this individual. Mm. And in the background of the pentacles card, there's this water with two ships that seem to be going on a journey of highs and lows, which is so accurate (laughs) for all of us right now. And also with the water behind us, that reminds me of us having just come out of Pisces season. The water is behind us. Mm. This is a season of fire of Aries, but we will be moving into earth. We will be moving into air and we're going to have a lot of that elemental focus and a little less of the water, Mm -hmm. which is honestly kind of a relief (laughs) for me at least. It's really representative of the ukiyo, and this is a Japanese concept of the floating world. And it really reminds us to take enjoyment in the pleasures of life and enjoy those highs when they're there because you know that inevitably there's going to be lows. And those highs and lows are what gives us that perspective that we need in order to have that gratitude in life because if it wasn't for those polarities we wouldn't have the ability to see when times are good or when times are bad you wouldn't be able to appreciate them and it would take away from the overall experience that gives such meaning to life those highs and those lows give you a midground which is a point that we can access through being able to experience that gradient of high and low because neither high nor low is good nor bad. It just continues to be this ebb and flow that continues to move in nature. And so to be the middle path is the ability to be human. And kind of touching back a little bit on what you said, Carrie, with the fire and the earth and with this new astrological 12-month cycle that's happening, there is also this natural pattern within that astrological wheel where it goes fire, earth, air, water. And after that, we go into another fire, earth, air, water to then go ahead into another fire, earth, air, water. And that is a natural rhythm of what astrology is offering us throughout the year. And we're stepping into this fire followed by earth, then air, then water. I love that. And that's how I memorize the elemental flow myself as well. And I offer that to our listeners as a tool. It's not necessarily the best way to memorize the way that the wheel turns, but it is effective, (laughs) which is fire, earth, air, water is F-E-A-W. If you can remember not to fear the zodiac, which is F-E-A-R, then you can remember that it goes in flow of fire, earth, air, water. You just have to flip that R to a W. Mm. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) drop that r raise that w though was good (laughs) that's right because we don't need to fear this shit Mm -hmm. and lastly we have the two of swords and the imagery on the two of swords it has a woman sitting on a bench she's got a blindfold on and she's got two swords in hands while there's a calm ocean behind her and a crescent moon up in the sky and this card is really about our ability to sit with information about having to make difficult decisions. It's the air element and air element being a masculine element as well has this dynamic movement to it, except this time it's directed towards the mind and everything that is situational on the outside starts in the mind. So this card really is about getting to the heart of it and being able to Make the right decision that is coming from a soul-centered space instead of coming from a fear-based space. So to point out something interesting with this card as well, there it is an air element, but the water in the back. You said mm. something about this individual being in the middle, and it's about making a decision or dealing with the opportunity to make a decision that is based off of emotion Mm. and water does represent emotion. So as this person is within the air element to make a wise choice, the emotional support of the currents in the water element is there to help you to contribute 
to making a decision that's based through a soul-centered emotional understanding. And there's a blindfold on this individual, right? It's like you can't tell whether this blindfold was put on the person or whether the person put on the blindfold themselves. However, this blindfold can be representative of what it might mean to make a decision that is out of impulse or out of just an irrational space. But to hold these two swords and to kind of decide on where you're going to take this energy of two, whether it's going to be choosing duality or choosing unity, that is where the emotional support of the water element will carry you into this air element to be able to consciously make those decisions that are going to best suit your future. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) All I can say is yes. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to jump into the transits now. Beautiful. Yeah. And what a way to start off. It's like right on the 3rd of April, we will be having Venus entering Gemini. Venus is one of those planets that to me has always been a very important one for my healing and my process because Venus is supportive of our desires. It's supportive of where we seek desire or fulfillment, have that be through relationship because relationships give us meaning in life and the way that we show up for our friends, our lovers, our partners, our family members, the way that we seek fulfillment within our financial stability. And with it being in Gemini, which I do want to point out is going to be a longer transit, y'all. So hang in there, get familiar with this energy, understand how to work with this Gemini energy. And I also ask that we almost step into a higher level of octave with perceiving what Gemini energy could be because a lot of people misunderstand Gemini energy as being two-faced or just being like two-sided. And really what Gemini represents is the ability to have such a good relationship within yourself that you're able to understand when it is that you can go from yes to no. And there is something beautiful that comes with the fluidity and the adaptability to be able to actually change your mind and support yourself in that change. Gemini, because of that reason, can be a little fickle. But when you understand why it is that you're feeling uncertain or fickle about something, it's because there could be this opposition with what it is that you think you want and what it is that your soul is telling you you need. And so I ask that we use this time to build a better relationship with ourselves and not judge ourselves for changing our minds at any point with the directions that we feel we're being pulled to seek out this fulfillment or this desire. This Venus and Gemini energy is also about curiosity. And the beauty of curiosity is the innocence and the purity that comes from curiosity. When we think about curiosity and our beginning stages as humans in this form, we start to experience it at an age that is so young that we want to try everything and taste everything. You see children putting things in their mouths and running around and touching things and they're experiencing their five senses for the first time and they don't know what is right what is wrong what is good what is bad their innocence and their purity allows for them to experience curiosity in a way that is going to build experience but we as spirit beings are at a place in our lives during a time in this world where we are able to have a stronger awareness through experience with what we have already gone through. And so curiosity can be beautiful so long as it remains pure in the heart and in spirit. And so whenever you're feeling called to want to try something new or to take on a new adventure, it's a great idea to check in with your heart to see whether this curiosity is going to fuel your spirit for expansiveness or whether it could possibly put you back into a repeated cycle that you have already graduated from. I love that. And I agree. Gemini to me is the ultimate pivot energy. Like now you see me, now you don't. Mm -hmm. It's like a magician of its own. Yeah, totally. Here for a good time, not for a long time, which is very (laughs) much a Sagittarius energy, which is the opposite of Gemini. And you're absolutely right. We're going to be in this Venus Gemini energy for a while. So we need to get familiar with it. We need to get settled in it. And we need to be aware of what would be a higher vibration of that transit and what would be a lower vibration of that transit. And when I think about Gemini, curiosity is definitely the word that comes to me as well. And I think what can be your ally through this transit is embracing curiosity over commitment. 
which on the surface maybe sounds kind of bad. Like, oh, I shouldn't be committed at all. Like if I make a plan, I don't need to keep it because Venus is in Gemini. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that Gemini is the twins. Gemini has a tendency to change their mind. In direction. Exactly. And the reason that people get upset with Geminis, if you're a sun sign Gemini or you have Gemini heavy in your chart, is because they come off hot and cold because they're communicators. So they have a tendency to want to speak from the information that they've gathered. They're so excited about it. But if they haven't sat with it long enough, then they might come across as having had a change of heart. Mm. So if they flip the switch and change their mind, it's not necessarily their fault for having a change of heart. It's more so that they communicated a little too quickly Mm. and they relayed that information too quickly. So Venus energy has a lot to do with how we relate to each other. And we relate to each other from how we relate to ourselves, first and foremost. So we need to be in a higher vibration of Venus and Gemini together in this transit and choose inclusivity over exclusivity. And in relation to what's going on with the coronavirus outbreak right now, an example for this would be high octave Venus and Gemini relation, which is me checking in with both of you and saying, hey, What do you need? How are you doing? Is there any way that I can support you through this? And making sure that I'm relaying information to you guys that I know has been fact-checked. That I'm not spreading fear. That I'm not creating hysteria or panic or adding to that. Mm. That I'm really checking in with you guys and checking in with myself. Versus a lower octave of Venus and Gemini while we're dealing with this outbreak which would be the tendency to relate to others and try to reassure them by saying things like, hey, you know what? We're all really young, so we're going to be totally fine because we're healthy and we're young. That leaves out the fact that there are a lot of people who have compromised immune systems or who are older. And whether that's you or your friends or not doesn't matter because we all know somebody who falls into that bucket. And we all need to be the higher expression of Venus and Gemini through this transit to support each other through this time and to choose to be inclusive and to choose to act in the highest good for all, which means you need to wash your fucking hands, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So like you might not be quote at risk, but that isn't relevant because other people are. So we need to be really mindful of our words and how we choose to relate to each other and allow ourselves to sit with the information that we gather So that we're relaying things that are factual and we're coming from a place of empathy and compassion first and foremost. Yeah. And uh, Gemini is represented by the lover's card in the tarot. It is within the first line of the major arcana. So it deals with our place in the world, how we consciously show up in the world. And the lover's card really is about choice. And it's about making the choice to step up to that higher octave, to really embody how it is that you're trying to show up in this world so that you can find your place in it. So then later on, you're able to do the deeper work that's going to require you to look at these structures that you have made in place for yourself and how you're going to break those apart in order to find the divine within. And, you know, with it being with this Venus energy, this is a great area to explore this higher vibrational version of yourself with seeking desire and fulfillment and also how you relate to others. But in general, because we're starting a brand new 12-month astrological year, we are going to be given the chance to experience all of these 12 signs in its higher vibrational form. So, you know, just to kind of like associate that or tie it into something a little bit more lighthearted and funny It's like, if anyone has ever seen Pokemon, it's like, you know, being an original Pokemon (laughs) and then raising up to be the more evolved version of it. Like, this is where we are right now in the collective consciousness. We are given the opportunity to rise up, to be the higher representation of what these archetypes have represented for us in the past. And with this Gemini energy, it is a lot about communication. It's a lot about intellectual stimulation. So how do we choose to be intellectually stimulated in a way that's going to be a higher version of what is even feeding our mind so that we can then give that to our bodies, to be able to give it to our environment and to be able to help feed each other's soul, to have it feel much more uplifted with what it is that we even feel relevant to share. And this ability to change directions is a beautiful thing when you're honoring the part of yourself that is 
trying to speak to you from your heart and that's asking you to switch up the direction and not questioning it. And, and it's kind of going back to that Yukio flow that we were talking about before is that the world can possibly remain in a state of chaos and hysteria if that's the way that we're choosing to perceive it. But if we're choosing to raise the vibration for ourselves, we're going out into this seemingly chaotic world, choosing to relay and exchange a love energy over this fear-based imprisonment that can keep you trapped. Absolutely. And we need to hold space for each other to be able to change our minds. You know, if there's somebody in your life right now who's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. I don't need to worry about it. If they come to you in a week and they're like, hey, man, I've been washing my hands. I've been cleaning my surfaces. Like I've been changing my habits. I've been really trying to prioritize how I'm showing up in the world. You don't need to respond to that with judgment. You need to respond to that with like, cool. Support. Yeah. You changed your mind and it's okay. Like it's okay to change your mind. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of power in changing your mind. And Gemini reminds us of that. And I love that about Gemini. So, yeah. Because if you have too much rigidity, you prevent yourself from really growing outside of what you've known your whole life. And I think it's important to really encourage and be supportive of other people as they are making shift happen in their life. And it's also important to acknowledge the courage that it takes to change your mind and to actually step into a space where you're like, you know, actually... No, I'm okay. I'm going to pass on that. Because if you're so used to being like a yes person all the time where you're always like, yes, 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 yes. One of those shadow aspects of Gemini is taking on a little bit too much more than you can actually handle. So to be able to acknowledge that and go inward and think, you know, if I say yes to this event, if I say yes to this obligation or this commitment, it could possibly put me in a really crazy space where I won't feel grounded. So I, I should probably pass on that. That takes a lot of courage. And if you're working through that, then... Hey, you have the support right now this month to be able to practice what it feels like to say no if you're always the person to say yes and to look out for your best interest. Lovely. Next up on our radar on Saturday, the 4th of April, we have Jupiter and Pluto forming the first of three conjunctions in Capricorn this year. They're also going to meet again on June 30th and then one more time on November 12th. All three of these conjunctions are taking place ahead of the Great Conjunction, which is when Jupiter and Saturn meet in Capricorn on December 17th. That happens once every 20 years. And I bring it up because this whole year, what we're learning now, what we're going through right now as a collective is building up to this moment. So it's just something to have on your radar. Mark your calendar for December 17th. That is also the day that Saturn is going to move into Aquarius and stay in Aquarius. And that might be a little confusing because right now Saturn is in Aquarius. But keep in mind that Saturn is going to go retrograde in July. And when it goes retrograde, that means it's going to move backwards into Capricorn, where it's going to be for a good chunk of the year during its retrograde period until December 17th, when it moves forward in Aquarius and stays there. Again, I bring all of this up just to keep you all aware and in the know of how this energy is building throughout the year and how everything is connected. The end of 2020 is going to be epic. I mean, the start of it has already been quite life-changing. So. Amen. <laughs> Jeez. So true. So true. And another thing I wanted to mention, the three words that we chose for our individual words for this year have just been coming up constantly in conversation, here podcasting, I mean, always. They're just with me since we spoke them. And I wanted to mention that because there is more medicine, I think, to us sharing those words again and maybe connecting them to the tarot that we pulled for this month. So, Andreas, the word that you had chosen for the year was integration. Mm -hmm. Uni, the word that you had chosen for the year was courage. And the word that I had chosen for the year is alignment. And I think that we as a collective can gain a lot from these words as our guides because we must have the courage to change what is not in alignment. And we must also have the courage to integrate those changes to create long-term effects within our communities and the world at large. How do these words tie into the tarot, Uni? I feel like if you had to sum up 
each one of these cards, you can drop one of those words into each of them. Because if we're going to look at courage, you can say that the Ace of Wands really represents that courage to step outside of your comfort zone to go for it. And then you move into the Two of Pentacles, which is really about that alignment, being able to adjust to the shifting environment without toppling over. And that then puts you in this new space where you must sit with the information that you've gathered from being able to keep those discs moving and integrate that into yourself and that requires stillness presence yeah these three words are three words that we picked in the beginning of the year and in picking those words we created them to become themes in our lives and so the reason why i'm bringing this up is just to remind us all as humans our ability to work with magic and words are powerful forms of magic they do tend to be able to carry an energy with them that can create and manifest itself as an ally or as a guide for us to be able to use as a grounding factor with the reassurance that we're looking for. So with that, you know, you can take these three words that we picked, for example, it takes courage to become aligned. And once you're in alignment, you then step into the opportunity to integrate this courage that you have just gathered from within. And you could just place either one of those words in whatever order and there will be a flow. So play with words, play with the magic that comes behind the words, reevaluating the definition of what you need those words to mean for you moving forward. And just kind of have them as a good reminder for you moving forward um, with how it is that you're looking to create newness in your life. Absolutely. And Following this conjunction of Jupiter and Pluto on the 4th, we have on Tuesday the 7th, the full moon in Libra and Saturn conjunct Mars in Aquarius and Venus in Gemini trine Mars in Aquarius. This full moon is heightened by an emphasis in air signs. Venus is at three degrees Gemini, Mars at five degrees and Saturn at one degrees conjunct in Aquarius, and of course, the full moon at 18 degrees in Libra. So the degrees of Libra would have to be closer for us to call this a formal grand trine in air, but they are close enough that it's still worth mentioning the air focus that's going to have a really big influence on the feel of this full moon having qualities of communication, movement, and with Libra specifically, balance, harmony, and our relationships. The Saturn and Mars conjunction in Aquarius brings the dialogue of fear and courage to the forefront of our minds. You may feel a little tested on this full moon, but it's during the toughest tests of our lives that we are made into the strongest versions of ourselves. With all of these planets hanging out in air signs and specifically Venus and Gemini trine Mars and Saturn and Aquarius, we are asked to align our actions with love. Something that we've always said in our friend group is do it for love. This transit is indeed the moment to act from a place of love and advocate on the behalf of love. Another quote I really love for this transit comes from the Sacred Rebel Oracle, which says the sacred warrior honors the task of being more faithful to love than to anything else. This full moon invites us all to ask ourselves where our thoughts, which manifest into our actions, are coming from and what they really align with, fear or love. Uni, how do you think this relates to the tarot? I think it's powerful, especially given that we have the Two of Swords, and the Two of Swords is actually tied to Libra, and it's got that aspect in it as well with the moon in the background. So I think that really offers us an opportunity to sit with ourselves and get to the core of where it is that our information is flowing from. Are we communicating from a space of love or are we communicating from a space of fear? And there is a middle ground, which is beauty, where it's neither fear nor love, but it's taking both into consideration so that you can be present with yourself to really deliver a message that's going to be felt and understood by people because you are moving from that middle ground. And I think this full moon in Libra offers us 
this opportunity to really choose between fear and love and which one of those swords are we going to use to really cut away that blindfold from our eyes so that we see the truth and be the truth as we express ourselves in the world. I love that. So there's a lot of transits happening during this full moon, which are also going to influence a lot of the inner feelings that we have and how we are going to externally experience them. Libra is associated to relationship. Out of all the 12 signs, it's relationship-oriented, can go into the details of relationship with the self, relationship to other, and relationship to the world, all of which are important relationships. With its opposite being Aries, Aries is a very uh, self-assertive, self-motivated, independent sign that is about movement and forward expansion through direction and purpose. And Libra is what balances out this need to feel like a lone wolf because it reminds you the importance of relationship and how relationships can actually help benefit you by getting you more in tune with the emotional currents that give you purpose, that give you a sense of guidance with what is important. So with a lot of this Libra, Aquarius, Gemini energy, that's a lot of air, 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 which is adaptability, it's movement. But then you keep in mind that fire element of Aries, which is in this opposing sign of Libra. And it's a beautiful time to really explore the depths of how we can, again, go into this state of a higher octave, a higher evolved sense of self that will remain true and authentic to fueling our inner fire so that we can continue to be these big bright versions of ourselves and that way be able to contribute a higher octave of our relationship self to those that are important to our environment our communities and within our friend circles yeah i love what you're bringing up about the aries and libra differences and how they work together energetically as opposite signs and i think in the world right now, it's really important for us to dive into what can I do on a personal level? How can I show up every day in a way that's going to impact the world in, in the best way possible? We need to take a lot of accountability for how we're showing up and stop with the, well, my vote doesn't count type narrative. Like, well, why would I vote? Because my vote doesn't even count, which I mean, in America, some of us feel that way, <laughs> but we still vote, damn it. <laughs> you know, like we still vote because we still need to have a voice. And mm -hmm. if you're thinking again, in relation to COVID-19 outbreak, if you're thinking, well, I'm healthy and I'm young and I don't need to worry about it. That doesn't mean that you don't need to worry about it. That doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you because it does. It's affecting all of us. Right. Well, that doesn't mean you can't be compassionate for your fellow human that is affected by it. Amen. Exactly. And that is the opportunity of this full moon is for you to look at the other end and see the collective and recognize that you're part of that collective and you belong here and we need you. We need your brains. We need your insights and we need your clean fucking hands on deck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we all need our hearts to really just lead us and guide us in the way that sometimes all this air energy can get you to simply become out of touch with. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So much air, air, air energy can keep you in the mind, can keep you in this idea that you need to keep moving, moving, moving. But sometimes you need to just move all that energy right back into your own mind and push it down to your heart so that you have your heart guiding you where your mind wouldn't know to go. Yes. And we're going to be supported and fired up to think through some of these things quicker with Mercury entering Aries just a few days after the full moon in Libra on Friday, the 10th of April. Mercury is the fastest moving planet in our solar system. So it's only going to be in Aries for a brief 17 days. And in just over that two weeks time, we're going to be reinvigorated to speak on behalf of ourselves. And with Saturn in Aquarius right now, we also might feel called to speak on behalf of others, especially those whose voices may be quieter at this time. We need to be mindful of speaking too abruptly or harshly during this transit because Mercury and Aries can get us really fired up about what we think and the urgency of being heard. We need to remember that the same message can be conveyed in a whisper as that which can be relayed when yelling. And that's really that Ace of Wands energy. 
especially with Mercury being an Aries, because Aries is that initiative element. But even when I look at this card, you see the hand has this kind of glow to it. I think it's reminding us to step into that higher octave, to be an embodiment of what it is, to be more in alignment with your higher self, so that when you are speaking from this place of actual heart-centered wisdom and truth, you are able to communicate what is needed to the people around you. And that in itself will be the fire that's going to ignite other people to do the same because it's a ripple that goes outwards and you never know how far that's going to extend. I also want to point out that that hand is glowing because it's clean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so funny. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because this is going to be a short transit, which is in some ways a good thing, it's giving you a brief but important time to yes be able to move forward express what is going on but also reminding you to not forget that at your core you are a tender person you know you can relay your messages and be factual and be to the point which is a beautiful trait that this aries energy offers you but in that sense of wanting to get to the point also being aware of the ability to be tender And to realize that you have a peripheral vision as well. You don't need to have such a straight tunnel vision where your eyes is on this set prize because the prize itself is just the awareness of your environment. So make sure to look at your rearview mirror. Make sure to look at your sides and remind yourself that there is a beauty that comes with being direct, but there's even more of a magic that comes with being tender. Lovely. And then following Mercury entering Aries on Friday the 10th, we have Easter Sunday on Sunday the 12th. Easter, like Christmas, actually has pagan origins. This holiday always falls on the first Sunday after the first full moon following the spring equinox for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. And although many of us may associate it with the rising of Christ, feasting and commercialism, like (laughs) chocolate bunnies and Easter eggs and the symbolism of this holiday actually has to do with the welcoming of the spring season. Yeah, definitely. And I would even encourage us to look at Easter as the archetype of the Empress because the Empress really is about that springing forward, that growth, that nurturing. You have to learn to nurture yourself in order to be tender with others, in order to show up and create this environment that encourages people to step outside of their comfort zone. And in order for us to create the structure that we need so that we can apply ourselves in such a way that we are going to start seeking our own spiritual growth, we need to have that foundation of knowing how to nurture ourselves. Your ability to tie that into tarot is so impressive. (laughs) (laughs) The winter was definitely like, in an analogy, just getting the soil ready Mm. and composting and getting to the deep nitty gritty so that once spring comes around, you have already built a foundation for newness to spring up and to blossom to new life. So with this Easter also being symbolic of the timing that it has in nature, it is now that opportunity to continue to water our gardens for all the work that we had done through some of those darker moments and to really embrace where it is that we're stepping into by springing forth and bringing in a newness in this year. Love it. And then on Sunday the 19th, we're going to have the sun enter Taurus and Taurus season is going to kick off. I am so excited for this. Taurus season is the opposite of Scorpio season, which is, you know, my favorite. But Taurus is the 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 softer version of what Scorpio is as well. And Taurus invites us to really explore and experience our five senses and to be able to get more in touch with our sensuality because we're choosing to embrace our five senses with this purity and this innocence again because it's one of the beginning signs of the zodiac. The first six signs are personal signs. There are signs that can be associated to the youthfulness of almost experiencing a child going through life. So Taurus is that first sign that really starts to explore what these five senses are. And it's a very warm and very welcoming, very nurturing time to experience what is quality and what is quantity and where we as individuals and we as humans with our conditioning of consumption can reevaluate how it is that we can go back out into the world and consciously choose 
to experience quality over quantity or to also be aware of where we might be excessive and we might normally choose comfort and quantity and be able to shift that to, again, a higher version of what this Taurus energy is allowing us. And that's to be able to experience the change and to wanting to choose quality over quantity. I love that. I think that Taurus is the ultimate sign of comfort. Mm. <laughs> and for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, spring is here. And the thick sign of Taurus helps us settle into it. Some questions that I have that come to mind for me that I want to pass off to our listeners during this transit of the sun and Taurus are, how do my lifestyle choices influence the earth for better or worse? What am I protecting and why? Where can I benefit from changing my perspective around a belief or pattern that I've previously been too stubborn to change? Just a few things for you guys to ponder. Those are things I'll be journaling about this month for sure. Mm, I love that too. As you were talking, I couldn't help but notice on the two of pentacles. If you think about it, the pentacles, it's really the earth suit, but it's also about money. Like when you look at it and money has an inherent value but value is given to something based on our beliefs so maybe this is a good time to look at that to see is this quality better or the quantity like where am i really placing the value on this and that in itself is going to give you the opportunity to take this duality and change it to create a unity of that so that you're integrating that knowledge of self so that you can shift without falling over beautiful Beautiful. And another few key aspects I want to touch on very quickly with Taurus energy as well is one, pace. Two, comfort. So to talk about those very quickly, pace is something that when we, again, use this Taurus energy to drop back into our body, to get in tune with our five senses, we're actually maxing out by being so present within our body that we are not giving into thought. So by excluding being so full of thoughts, you're giving yourself the opportunity to drop into your five senses. And with that, you're able to experience sensations that you would otherwise miss if you were so in your head about it. So going back to the origins of what it means to be human means to drop into your five senses. Get in tune with that. See what it is that you're tasting, smelling, hearing, and explore what that means in its sensuality form. And in doing that, you're creating the ability to understand where it is that you seek comfort or where it is that you're wanting to be more comfortable. Because sometimes comfort can actually limit your expansion. But then other times, when you look at where you have not felt secure, you seek security by seeking out something that is comfortable. So those two ends of the spectrum there can give you more insight on where it is that you are needing uh, to create more comfort or to let go of comfort in order to expand, which ties me into pace. When you're able to do this for yourself, you're pacing yourself at a natural time frame that is working with your essence as opposed to comparing yourself to the pace of others because we are all on our own individual paths trying to figure out how to get more in tune with our body. Mm, mm. Yes, slow and steady. So good. I love it. And an affirmation that's actually part of the April 30-day affirmation challenge that I think can be a great ally for us in Taurus season is I welcome new opportunities when I step outside of my comfort zone. Hmm. There is more out there for you to taste if you're just willing to give it a try. Next up, on Wednesday the 22nd, we have the new moon in Taurus. The new moon is going to be forming a conjunction to Uranus, who's also in Taurus, and they are going to square Saturn and Aquarius. This is also the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, falling on the new moon. I think there's a lot of irony in that, and I think that collectively this is our moment to plant a seed of change in relation to how we treat our planet. With Uranus and Taurus forming a conjunction to the new moon, if we didn't already feel it, we are really going to feel today on the new moon in Taurus that change must happen. It's important that we lean into the Taurus qualities of patience with this feeling, though, because it can be really overwhelming, especially today. New moons aren't the most social of times, but I think we could all benefit from sharing our concerns about what's going on with others 
in discussing what types of actions can be taken to better the situation for all beings on Earth. The new moon is also forming a square with Saturn in Aquarius, which can make the realization of how massive the needed changes are feel heavy and maybe even a little bit hopeless. This is why I suggest reaching out to your circle and sharing your concerns. We must be in connection with one another at this time to keep spirits high in the face of a continually unfolding series of unknowns in the world around us. Mm, I'd invite you to look at the Two of Swords just because it's really about sitting with that information and just seeing that water in the background and the calmness of it really reminds me for the reverence that we must have around our planet and our planet being the blue planet, the planet of water and water being this secret like messenger. It carries the memory of our ancestors, of everything that has existed here on this plane before us. And I think when we bring it back to the breath, air in itself has water in it. And you're bringing that into your lungs. It's powering your cells. And that in itself is you being connected to the earth on this deeper, deeper level. And when you remind yourself of that, and you're moving from that space of reverence, you go out into the world with that shiny hand, you are using that magic wand to transform the elements in your life and that gives you more balance more flexibility and uh, makes you adaptable to the changes in life and i really feel that this new moon in taurus really invites us to step into that most definitely that was so beautifully put and i want to just add to that that uranus and saturn uh kind of being planets responsible for like abruptness or spontaneity or even slight limitations there's going to be this air of like an emotionally charged rebelliousness or a disruption that challenges the sense of order so almost kind of bringing up these um these areas of our lives where we're experiencing tolerance or where we're experiencing the ability to no longer tolerate certain things and on this earth day it's such a beautiful time to really acknowledge this beautiful home that we have, like Uni was saying, and our connection to it and the connection that our ancestors had to living on this planet before we did. Earth Day is a beautiful reminder of how it is that we can treat our home better. But I also want to say that every day should be Earth Day. And we are stepping into this now awareness of how much the destruction of this planet has brought us to the times that we're living in now. And so to rectify that, it's going to happen by how we choose to engage within our local communities because you can feel a sense of hopelessness with just kind of the direction that things seem to be heading in. But the way that we can contribute to the growth of it, to the newness of it, is by becoming more familiar with our local areas. And it's probably wise to do so. Figure out where some of your connections are, where some of these local organizations are located within your area that are contributing to the change. Because whatever it is that you decide to contribute, whether it's a donation or your time or your volunteer work, you know, these are the areas that Taurus is asking us to invite these new experiences, to be a part of this change and to take this new moon energy to actually do something about it instead of just sitting in hopeful thinking. Yeah. And Taurus is all about the resources that we have. So I think when people think about helping out in a time of crisis, they think, well, I, I'm broke. I don't have any money. But you do have your clean hands <laughs> <laughs> and you can put those to work in other ways. You maybe you're a great cook. Maybe you can make a meal for somebody in need. Like think about what resources you have and how you can use those to contribute and use that to battle any hopelessness that comes to the surface at this time. For sure. And even thinking about something even a little easier, such as how much time we're able to spend on social media or how much time and energy we give to technology. And so I almost think how cool would it be if, yeah, sure, maybe you don't have money to donate or you don't have the time right now to give into a volunteer work or maybe even that much of a supply to be able to, you know, do stuff to give away. But you do have the time to like share some of these networks that are within your community, you know, share the work that your friends are doing that are contributing to the community, help advertise for some of these communities or local organizations that are doing something. And maybe there is someone out there within your own network of friends that will contribute to that. So now you're spreading this message of hope. You're spreading this love and you're spreading this awareness. And that is something that you can do for free. Absolutely. 
And then following the new moon in Taurus on Saturday the 25th, we have Pluto going retrograde in Capricorn. Pluto is going to be retrograde until the 4th of October. And with this Pluto retrograde, we are invited to embrace an inner process of realigning with the major shifts that are taking place this year. The key to gaining the most from this retrograde period lies in our ability to dance with change while wearing a suit of empowerment. We cannot allow ourselves to fall into fear-based mentality, especially in regards to the things that are Capricornian in nature, such as the government, authority, finances, and of course, like we were just saying, resources. Mm. Pluto, I take as being this collective karmic energy, and it has a lot to do with generations, but to tie it into what we're experiencing now, Pluto going retrograde in the sign of Capricorn, it's giving this sense of almost our ability to work through what can feel like karma. And, and in Capricorn, the ideas that associate to that are, again, finances and order and structure and career. And as we can tell, you know, the world is at a point right now where a lot of those things seem to be collapsing. And so in this retrograde process, we're actually co-creating what we want to be this new idea of success. And with that, I think, comes this ability to look within ourselves to see where maybe we have felt burdened or we've had bad luck and we haven't been able to strive to succeed certain things that would make us feel successful. This retrograde phase is allowing us the opportunity to really reevaluate what we want that to mean moving forward. It's a new time. It's a new era. We are able to choose what success means for us. So, yeah, let's use this Capricorn energy in its highest octave to be able to pursue something that is tangible, that is within our reason of feeling like we're contributing to our goals and our gifts and doing it within a way that is in alignment with where we want this movement to take direction. Mm, and that's very much the two of pentacles and the pentacle suit having to deal with the external world, with finances, with health, with wealth, with what we create for ourselves. I think you did an excellent job, Carrie, talking about resources. And I would invite everybody to consider our internal resources, the resources of the heart and how those speak volumes and how that has the power and potency to affect the mind so that you can go out into the world and use this energy to help you make new novel forms of creating wealth and health for yourself during this retrograde period. Love it. And then wrapping up our transits for April on Monday the 27th, following Pluto's retrograde and Capricorn kicking off, we have Mercury entering Taurus. This transit is an ally to deepen our patience as we think things through all the way, waiting to reveal our thoughts outwardly until they've had the time to mature and evolve enough to align with our heart space, just like Yuni was just speaking about. This may also be a time to speak without speaking in relation to the five senses, like Andreas was speaking about. All of these things that we've been talking about throughout this episode really become very prevalent when Mercury moves into Taurus, there's a lot of support and we're all empowered to take the steps necessary, no matter how small, to help the seeds of change take root so that they can grow into the harvest that the paradigm shift of 2020 is asking of all of us. I love that. It makes me think of the Two of Swords because she's sitting with the information. And maybe now that we have Mercury entering Taurus, you can be comfortable enough to really look at the truth of the situation, to willingly remove that blindfold, because now you're open, receptive to seeing the big picture and your place in the greater scheme of it all. And that within itself empowers you to go out into your community, to go create that comfort for others so that we can create a container for everybody to be their best selves, creating a soul garden. So with information being shared, being processed, you know, Taurus is asking us, like, how are we sharing information that is uplifting to others? Or how are we allowing for information to enter within our own personal field as to how it's making us feel? That's like a good way to check in with yourself. You know, we might be fond of like checking the news or checking this. But when we actually are giving ourselves the ability to drop into our bodies again, we're figuring out how it makes us feel. And when you're able to tap into how something is making you feel, you can better distinguish the discernment with what you want to allow in and what you even want to regurgitate out. 
And I also think this is a great time to seek out comfort within your community. You know, reach out to those that you feel close to, because in doing so, you are going to feel a sense of comfort that maybe you have never felt before. To feel a part of something, to feel loved, to feel acknowledged is, is something that can empower you to continue to be this individual that cares about your environment. The Two of Swords, too, has to do with boundaries as well. And I think dropping into your body gives you that discernment to feel, oh, is this information that I'm taking in really all that good for me if it's causing this sort of reaction? Is it elevating my heart rate? Is it making me feel anxious? And then using one of those swords to cut away at it and choosing to take down the information that is not going to be building you or your community up. Absolutely. That's so important right now with this constant news cycle that we have going on and everybody giving their expert opinions on things. And there's so much power in knowledge. Knowledge is power. I really believe that. But too much of anything is a bad thing. So it's important for us to be in check with what feels good and make sure that we are in alignment with what's going to serve us the best so that we can go out and serve the world to be the best. Yeah. And the more that you can refamiliarize yourself within your own innate knowledge, the need to obtain knowledge outside of yourself starts to lessen because you're becoming more in tune with your senses. You're building this relationship with your intuition at this point. So now, if and when information does come into your field, you're able to distinguish whether this is information that resonates with you or not. And you're able to rummage through a lot of what's happening right now to choose to contribute your energy, your time, your thoughts to that, which is going to actually help to build a better world. Mm, to find ease in your pace so that you can go out into the world and be that calming energy that we all need in these crazy times. Absolutely. So good, guys. Love it. Thank you guys so much for contributing to the podcast. Thank you to our listeners for supporting us. And let's all just be in this together. Yeah, let's go back to unity. Let's love ourselves. Let's be there for each other and have a big heart for there to be more room for change and growth. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for being beautiful reflections. Appreciate y'all. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great rest of your day, evening, whenever you're listening to this. And don't forget to wash your fucking hands. <laughs> Look forward to the next one. Bye. Peace.